Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we have Blue Jackets hockey games to talk about, and they don't mean a damn thing, but we got them to talk about. <laughs> that is true. They don't mean a damn thing, which like, is absolutely good. nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, well, honestly, I don't know. It's a better start than we had last year, so so maybe it would be better if we just leaned into this being the start of it all. But what's up, everyone? Welcome on, and we've got hockey to talk about. We've got some probably hilarity to to ensue because that's kind of who we are, what we do. That's the vibe. You know us. You've been here before. Welcome on in. Um, Laura, how are you doing today? It's a love. What's like, okay, this is a weird question because it feels like we're making the world's most small talk, but I have not been paying any attention. What has been the weather in Ohio the last like week? Because in Michigan, it's been like literally perfect. And I just want to make sure I'm coming down to Ohio for a wedding. I'm going to be in Ashland this weekend. And so I just need to make sure that like it is not dog shit weather because out here it is perfect. Um, I wouldn't say it's been like perfect. It's actually been like warmer than one would like hate it um what hate it there's been this like crackling sound coming from my basement you haven't checked it right no i did oh okay <laughs> surely there's no when i you... went down there there was nothing happening but it just happened again i heard it is it is it still happening no it stopped okay Sorry, I messed it up. No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm keeping this in. This is great. This oh, is good content. okay. Um, so sorry. Back to the, probably the monster that's going to kill me later. Sure, um, as long, hey, as long as it's on video and we have good content, you know, it works. Yeah. Um, but no, today was actually warmer than one would expect it to be, and it was kind of humid, which was a little bit gross. But then it did end up raining. So okay, so maybe some help there. Yeah, it was like in the mid sixties, mid to low sixties today, and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, no, that's what I want it to be. But not what you're getting. No. I'm like, so sorry to hear that. I apologize, but it's gonna be warm when you're here. The what high is, is warm- the high is eighty on Saturday. Oh my god. I actually think it's supposed to get up into like the high seventies here anyway this weekend, so it's really not. And like it's not looking cooler for us at all. Oh my god, I really hate that. Like it's supposed to be like in the mid to high 80s next week. What? Yeah. No, because the way I'm getting out of Dodge, that's insane. I sometimes like a week, and then you're coming back to Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's got a week to figure its shit out because I'm not coming back and sweating. Okay. Let let me get that straight here. Yeah, because by next week. By next weekend, like, we go from 80s at the beginning of the week, which does suck. I hate that. But by the end of next week, highs in, like, the low 60s. I am so jealous. I love fall. Anyway, I also love this weather because it means that hockey is here. And when hockey is here, we are better. But I also don't want to make an assumption. How are you doing? Um, a little better today. I have been sick since Sunday. Um, not COVID. Yay. Do love um, you. Did you get your new, like, little, like, the, the government is doing the whole, like, four free COVID tests thing? Have you done that yet? No, I just still had some from when they did it the last time. Okay, before they shut this fucking government down, order those. <laughs> I, I shall. I also found out today that my work is doing flu shots and COVID boosters at the same time on the fourth floor of my building on a day that I already come into the office. So look at God short of them, like physically coming directly to my office, I would be dumb not to go, but yeah, no excuses at this point. But yeah, no, I basically have like sinus issues slash a cold, which has turned into me just coughing all the time and feeling kind of shitty. So I was off work Monday afternoon and all of, Tuesday, just sort of like wallowing in my illness. Um, And I was planning to work from home today. 
until at like 7.35, my boss texted like all of our little team and was like, because he's been sick for like a week. And he was like, hey, I'm going to urgent care. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Laura, can you stick a sign on my door that says this, that, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> wasn't planning on coming into the office. So I like. Joke's on you, bitch hurried and was in the office today proud of you so, look at you doing the damn thing i am tired and i just mm-hmm. don't want to be sick anymore but god i like the way in, the way in which being sick does something to me like there are certain illnesses that i can just drive through right like i mean like as you know and i don't know if our listeners know this about me but like my tonsil situation is not great. So, like, if I have a sore throat or anything like that, like, I power through. Like, I've gone to the urgent care when they're like, your throat is kind of closing. Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm breathing fine. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't bother me. But there are other things that I'm like, give me a runny nose. And I, no, absolutely not. Like, there's something about that that is, like, in, like absolute. Like, I don't think I get man sick in the way that a lot of men do. But, like, that is the kind of shit that I'm like, I would rather have to have, like, a massive surgery than have a cold. <laughs> Yeah, you're also that kind of stubborn about um, illnesses that my I had to give you, like, in a, an emergency toolkit. That I still, frankly, and honestly, like, there's a piece of me that probably needs to, like, consider going through a lot of the things that you gave me and making sure they're not expired at this point because I haven't used them. <laughs> like, which I have felt like I've had a healthy, like, year and a half or two years, so, like, maybe that's part of it, but, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, which is crazy because if you look at the way in which, like, my mom, like, used to, like, like ibuprofen was like a treat (laughs) it's crazy that i just don't like whenever i can he does seem to forget every time that he has gone to an urgent care or whatnot you really block those moments out but i think I've, i've only been the last time the only time since probably i went once in december and then I went to the emergency room for something very much not throat related in March. And that's the last time I've been to a doctor. Like, that's the last time that I've, like, gone to an urgent care or anything like that. It's been, like, six months. Yay. I'm a healthy boy. And I ignore a lot of things. But uh, something we can't ignore is the fact that the blue jackets are back on the ice. We can ignore my feelings. I don't care about those. <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> no. Um, no, I... I'm well-ish. I'm going, like I said, back to Ohio for a wedding this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, this is the part of the show where I always like think about like backtracking because like I know that the listeners who are new to the show like don't understand that like I can sense by everything that your eyes are telling me that you like are upset that I didn't give you the chance to ask me how I'm doing. And so now I've just naturally transitioned to talking about how I'm doing. But again, if you've been here before, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, no, and I like have a week like the rest I'm done for the week with work, which is really nice. So gonna try to actually like disconnect, which would be nice. If you succeed, I will be very proud of you. I, but I need you to not be like disappointed if I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we I need to like... be disappointed entirely because I do know huh. that you have a full week coming up that you will be off. Yeah, that's true because I am in that week. Nobody talks to me. I will be like disconnected entirely. So like that I'm really excited for. But like this one feels like a little bit like of like a it, it's a treat. Like it's a teaser. It's like a prequel to my week long vacation that I'm really excited about, which of course is Blue Jackets opening week. So like here we are. We know this. It's a tradition at this point. Correct. But I do want you to try. To Gonna try my work. best. Gonna try my best. Well, I definitely won't work work. I might like answer a phone call, but I won't like work work because ain't nobody got time for that. I made the conscious decision to book a rental car though for the drive to Ohio because I don't trust that my car is going to like, you know, do it. So. Are you gonna do the same for the other week or are you just gonna? Playing that by ear. I might actually get it checked out in the week between. We'll see what happens. Not positive that that'll happen, but TBD. TBD. 
tea. But enough about us, because nobody really listens to the show because they like us. They listen to the show because they like the Blue Jackets. And we have them to talk about for the first time in a while in a way in which that isn't stressful or you know, crazy or whatever have you. We actually just have some preseason hockey to talk about. And of course, you know, again, implications are slim. You know, uh, obviously got some, we've got three games in the books now. A weird little like, like nothing until Saturday. So like game on, game on Saturday, two games on Saturday, split squad games. Then on Tuesday, the Jackets went to St. Louis, played there. Um, and then then they'll be in Buffalo on, on Saturday again. So, like, a pretty big gap here. I'm interested to see, like, what the Blue Jackets do, if there are any more cuts before that game in sat- on Saturday. But unsure at this point. We know what's happened to this point. We'll talk about it. But, Laura, how, are you, how excited are you just to have been able to watch the Blue Jackets again, to be able to just have seen them take the ice against another team, against – Real NHL, like, there's no disrespect in Traverse City, right? Like, you're not talking about, like, you're not seeing lineups with guys who are definitely going to make the team, right? Like, you're, you're looking at three or four years in the future. This weekend, this week, you're starting to finally see some of these NHLers. You're starting to see some of our guys go up against some of some of the real, real deal. And that happened in St. Louis predominantly because most of, not most of their lineup, but a lot of their lineup was playing um, yeah. on Tuesday. So... Laura, how does it feel? We get to watch the Blue Jackets again. They've won a hockey game, <laughs> even if it doesn't count for anything. How are you feeling? Uh, I felt good. It felt good to like be a weekend, like a Sunday, and like knowing that I would have hockey to look forward to, and like plan my day around. Um, especially when it was the like um, split squad games in Pittsburgh. Um, and that scenario is always interesting because it's like, um, no, I just don't like the pens. So it's like double the dose of having to deal with the pens. Um, but it was just nice. And it was nice. They've, I really feel like they've done a good job with live streaming the games, uh, the preseason games. Um, and even though, <laughs> and I was glad that you caught this too last or Tuesday night, watching the blues game the feed like a couple times kept changing to the blues announcers yeah from our announcers which i was like i don't know how this is happening but someone fell asleep at their job or just like wasn't paying attention um but it was kind of funny because i thought i was losing my mind because i was like this does not sound like bob mcgilligan or jean-luc grandpierre so something, it was that we, something that we didn't talk about that I noticed, and I don't think I can't remember if it was Tuesday or if it was Saturday night, but Dylan Tyre was night. Sunday night. Sorry, but Dylan Tyre was definitely on a hot mic and was and like <laughs> I forget. Oh, what this he even was said. Sunday. This yeah. was Sunday. Yeah, and, and he, yeah. So mm-hmm. it obviously working through some of those elements, but I think that, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been interesting to hear John Luke Grandpierre, like do some of the color analysis. Obviously that's a little bit new there um, for, for this whole situation. And so I, you know, I don't think he did a bad job. It's been fun to listen to night, uh, especially nice that like, you know, Bob Miguel isn't like just doing it on himself with the occasional interjection by Dylan Tyre. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's been fun to watch. I think they put it all together really well. I haven't had any major issues with streaming it, and so that's been nice. I think that this is always a good opportunity to... I also, like, it's always fascinating to see some of those, like, Jumbotron, like, feeds, because that's a lot of what you're looking at, right? Like, you're looking at those things. And so whenever you see the little, like, in-game, like, advertisements or in-game, like, little, like, things happening, it's always, like, so disconcerting. And I also, like, the countdown at the beginning of the game on Sunday at home was insane to watch because it was like mute it was like there was no noise but it was like the countdown was happening like that's definitely been like the weirder part is that anytime that it's not they're not play there's like no sound whatsoever yeah and so the things like you know the countdown at the beginning where you would normally be hearing like all the music and whatever or like in the intermissions where they do a lot of the games and stuff there's no like and they'll show like Mike Todd doing things, but you can't hear him. So it's weird to just be like, yeah, I don't know what's happening here, but cool. Or you have to like really pay attention when the like little things come up on the screen, like the player like bios or the right. like get to know you things. 
Um, but yeah, but other than that, it's been good. And I think it's because I don't think this has been an option in the past. Not in the same, not in the same way. I think that maybe like maybe last year they had an option, but I don't think it was like done in the same way. Like, so this has definitely worked out. I think like this is good to be able to still get your dose of Blue Jackets hockey. And you don't have to have like other than an internet connection, obviously you don't have to have anything. You just have to, you just go to bluejackets.com, which is really nice. Yeah, agreed. No, no protected by a login. So make sure you're checking out all the games. But in case you didn't get a chance to check out those games, we're going to talk about them a little bit. Obviously, not going to do like this like massive in depth analysis of everything that happened because, frankly, like, eh, like none of that really matters all too much. But we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw and, you know, kind of go from there. But Laura, obviously, Saturday uh, or Sunday, I keep doing that, but Sunday, split squad game between the Jackets and the Penguins. You got half of the team over. In Pittsburgh, the other half in Columbus. And what was fascinating? What's fascinating about this whole thing, and how we'll see how it approach it, how it affects how I approach these uh, <laughs> these reviews, is that the NHL app changed entirely, and it's entirely different. It's nowhere near the same thing anymore. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, it's uh, you know I don't hate the way it looks. I think it's just going to take me some getting used to, and it, they better not have overly changed where I can access things because if so, I'm fucked. But the Blue Jackets, this one they lose. <laughs> But yes. I think it's important that we talk a little bit about who was on the ice for the Jackets for this one. So obviously the split squad game um, saw, uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, you saw Cole Sillinger, Dmitry Ronkov, Justin Danforth making his return to the ice, which I think is always exciting. Liam Foodie, Stefan Mateau, which we haven't fucking talked about the fact that Stefan Mateau is on a Blue Jack, like on a PTO for the Blue Jackets. If you have been here a minute, you know that I didn't handle that well. <laughs> Jeremy has a, a, a grudge against Stefan. It got better. It got better when he beat the shit out of Adam Foote's kid. But, like, that's the only redeeming quality. Like, I remember being on here because that would have been – was that our first season? Yeah. Oh, God. Now we're in season four. That's insane. But, yeah, it was – I just remember, like, watching that team and just watching Stefan Mateau. And I just remember thinking, like, this is it. Like, this is who is playing on this team. It's Stefan. Like, I don't know. Like, he's fine enough. I don't know. I'm being an asshole. Um, Hunter McCown, uh, Eric Robinson, Emil Bemstrom, James Malatesta, Owen Sillinger, Michael Puthia, uh, Jack Roslevic. Those are your forwards. Your defensemen were um, Andrew Peak, uh, Jake Christensen, Adam Boquist, David Yurichek, Tim Burney, who is playing on a tryout contract because technically he did not, has not, like, signed with the jackets again they're still trying to figure out like probably like whether or not to go forward with it um but then jack greaves and arendelle both got a chance to be in net for that game and so you know obviously you've got some lineup regulars in there uh well i don't know really the only lineup regular in there and on the forward group that you like are a hundred percent sure of like a hundred percent like i would i would feel confident in saying that they are going to be on the starting roster unless they get traded is Jack Roslovic from the forwards. Um, everybody else, I think you could probably make a case that they could potentially like not be in the starting 12. Um, maybe you could argue with me a little bit about Eric Robinson there, and I would be okay with it because I just feel like Eric Robinson always finds his way into the lineup. But everybody else on that list would not surprise me if they started the season elsewhere. So I, you know, this is not the club that you're expecting to like go out and like put up a ton of goals, and this is not the club that you're expecting to like blow Pittsburgh out of the water, but defensively right i mean you've got a few guys that like again like these are kind of your fringe guys <laughs> like aside from adam boquist who i think you can make an assumption is going to make the team you could you could probably make an argument and i think andrew peak will too but jake christensen not gonna make the team david urachek is fringe tim bernie not under contract nick blankenberg fringe so i mean like not the squad that you're got to see on opening night by any means yeah, they definitely did a pretty clean split down the middle of, like, the fringe players were going to Pittsburgh. Like, everyone who was, like, meh. And then the showstoppers, like, big names, the exciting, gonna make roster spots, except for a couple, you know, guys here or there were all saved for the home game that night. Mm-hmm. So you're Johnny Gaudreau's, you're Patrick Line, Elvis adam fantilli like all those people which pretty obviously you you want to show out for the home crowd Mm -hmm. yep pretty typical whenever you do those foot squad games and and they'll even do that with the away games too right and and they did it a little bit on tuesday um with the st louis squad that went right you've got some 
guys who were probably going to start on that team. But generally speaking, like it was a lot of those French guys again who traveled to St. Louis. So we'll talk about that a little bit here soon. But but yeah, I mean, obviously things don't go the Jackets way in Pittsburgh. You know, they go down to nothing, and then they do find a way to to claw back into it. And you know, not even a ton of time left in the game. And Owen Cylinder, not, not the Cylinder that you expect to be scoring in a Blue Jackets jersey all the time. Or the one that needs to be scoring in a Blue Jackets game. That part. <laughs> um, that part. Um, he ends up tying it up with just under, you know, or just over, I should say, two minutes left to go in the game. And, you know, David Juracek assists on that. So the Jackets take it into overtime. And, uh, you know, obviously nothing going there. Taking it to a shootout where Laura texts me and goes, Aaron Dell is not good at shootouts. And I said, Aaron Dell might just not be good <laughs> but he did stop 11 out of 11 during the during regulation so obviously you know he was tested and he and he stood tall but yeah uh, you know what are you gonna do other than give you a little bit of dose of anxiety for the first time you get to watch the jackets this year that feels right yeah i wouldn't expect anything else yeah it was pretty i mean it was just nice to see them play and it was nice to see a little bit of like fight to get back into it you know, but obviously they took it to overtime. They got through overtime, ended up in a shootout. Shootouts have never, at least for the past couple of years, have never been a strong suit, regardless of who's on the ice for us. So, like, it was all right. And that in has, real, that's good. In a change. real season, we would have gotten a point. So, like, I would have been happy. Correct. And I do think that's going to change. I don't think there's any way in which this team is going to keep adding to their skill the way they have over the last year or two and not end up finding ways to win in the shootout and honestly, probably just winning. It feels like we're getting closer and closer to that place that we were in when our Timmy Panera, like when they were, you know, when they sw- swept the lightning, all that kind of stuff where you had the, the group that would go out there and three on three. And you were like, yeah, no, they're going to handle this. Um, side note, I'm really kind of hoping that they in Chicago just start running like Seth Jones and Nick Felino out on three on three opportunities, like with fucking Connor Bedard over and over and over again. Cause that would feel very blue jackets esque. And Connor Bedard would be like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, correct. He's like, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to make this work. But um, yeah, so obviously that one happens the way that it does. Then then we shift back to Columbus. And this is Laura, like you said, like these are like your, these are your people. These are the people that you look at and you're like, this is probably a lot of the team. Uh, and so that's exciting, right? Like I think being able to like also be back in Nationwide Arena and do all those kind of things. Uh, we'll I'll run through, and then I'll kind of let you kind of throw throw down your thoughts on on what the game looked like and run us through kind of what happened. But just to kind of summarize, who all was playing in that game? So um, looking at the Blue Jackets roster, potentially here we go. Yeah, see, here's a button moved, and I'm like not well. Um, so Adam Fantilli, Johnny Gaudreau, Brendan Gons, Patrick Laine, Boone Jenner, Alexander Texier, Trey Fix, Wolanski, Luca Del Martin Rice-Savvy, uh, Jordan Dumay, Carson Meyer, Kent Johnson were your forwards. And then your defensemen were Denton Matejchuk, Zach Wierenski, Erica Branson, Marcus Bjork, uh, Damon Severson, uh, Stanislav Svotsel. And then uh, in net were Ellis Merzlikens and Pavel Chayon. Hometown, like the guy, the guy, Pavel Chayan. So, Laura, what were your, your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is one that I think both of us watched a little bit more closely. And again, I think part of that was because we knew who was going to be on the ice. But just generally speaking, what were your thoughts? A good game. The Jackets win 4 3, but walk us through it. I mean, I was so sad that I couldn't be there, but I was so sick. Like, I was just. You can you've seen my living room. You can imagine I was just like laid flat out on my couch with my Chromebook like on the edge of my coffee table, so it was as close to my face as physically possible, and just staring, sort of dead faced, um, and coughing um, at the computer, wishing I was in Nationwide Arena. But um, no, I think it was a good like. There were quite a few people there, which is awesome, especially for a preseason game, especially for a Sunday like evening game when like school is definitely in session and like people have jobs but um it was just nice to see people excited um for the blue jackets to be there and of course like we've already said like all the who's who's and people you want to see but i was most excited for the return of alexander texier to the ice on a blue jacket sweater and could not have been more excited that he was the one 
that put the Blue Jackets on the board, like, pretty early on in the first period. And I think, I can't remember if we talked about this on the show or if we talked about it just you and I, but, like, if people, I kind of want to do, like, a picture comparison because there is definitely, like, a growth difference from when he left the team to when now that he's come back. And I think I heard it was either Dave Metzold or Bob McGilligan. Someone said he seems taller, like whether it's just the fact that he's like, probably he's not taller. Cause I'm pretty sure at that age, you're kind of done growing, but like he is probably holding himself a lot, you know, higher and like, because he's healthier and feels better and is like, you know, in a better place, he probably does seem like he's a bigger presence in a room. But um, you could just tell, like, his energy and his smile after he got that goal um, was just really infectious. And it felt really good to see him, you know, be back on the ice, see the fifth line react to him, and sorry, all that sort of stuff. So that was, like, the most exciting thing. Well, the second most exciting thing, because I'll get to the the other one, but, you know, and then Carson Meyer had, you know, he's definitely, definitely trying to prove that he deserves some sort of chance on this roster with getting the next two goals for the Blue Jackets. Um, and, you know, Carson's been one of those fringe players for the last couple of years. And um, I know I had him on my like prospects list that, you know, he's someone to keep an eye out for, Um you know, because he's really gunning for it and he's been working really hard. So it was nice to see him get those two goals. But then lastly, like kind of the kid we've really been talking about, you know, what his future is going to look like and what's going to happen with him this year. But, you know, Jordan Dumay wins it all in overtime um, after a really rough game. Like he yeah, was not he, that's the piece of doing it, right? well. Yeah, that goal saved a lot of face. Because yes. I think the conversation about Jordan Dumais game would have been a lot different following that game if if it weren't for him scoring and, and winning the game in overtime. Yeah, I was not and like... And I kind of chalked that up to like nervousness and like knowing that all eyes, like, I don't know. I, would, I mean, if it were his first preseason where he was playing games, like I would make, like, I don't know, like I need to see more. Like I just need to see more. Like I just do. And so we'll see. I hope he does. Like, I'm sure he will. Like, I'm sure that goal helps, right? Like, it has to, but. Yeah, I just also think the pressure is so much higher this season because we have so many humans and because there's only so many. Well, and like last year, there was, no, there was no chance. Like last year, there was zero chance. Like, it wasn't even like a conversation. It was like, okay, yeah, this kid will be interesting to watch. But like, he wasn't, he was never going to be a guy who could potentially even make this team last year. And I still think that he's fringe. I still don't know that you do it, but. Um, he's closer now than he was last year. And so I think that does come with an added pressure. But yeah, I just want to see more out of him. I thought that the areas that I thought he looked the best in in Traverse City like didn't translate in that game and that sucked. But like, again, it takes time. Like it's not going to be an overnight thing, but I, yeah, he'll get there. The 200 foot game needed to be a lot better on Sunday and it, and it wasn't, but he found a way to to make up for it in the way that he always does, right? By scoring, by making a difference. Yeah. And, you know, Adam Fantilli had two assists on Sunday night, which is awesome. And that, cause that was uh, him, line A and text A that skated on the top line, um, which there was a lot of interesting chemistry there. So, you know, although today in practice, line A was skating at center. So, um, you know, we're just, we're just tossing some things around, see, see what sticks. Um, but no, I was really satisfied um, with, most of what I saw on Sunday night, obviously great to as much as I don't like two games in a row going into overtime, um, as Jeremy pointed out on our uh, in the same Twitter feed <laughs> in the same day. Yes. But thankfully that one didn't go to a shutout um, or a shootout, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good overall situation. I think a good, you know, a good look and, obviously still some things to work through in training camp. And, you know, this is why we have preseason so that you mm -hmm. can do that. But I was pleased. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely like I, I would say overall the feeling is good after that game. You saw a lot out of people. Carson Meyer, I think you like you said it like big takeaway out of that game, and and then transitioning then to Tuesday, right? Like I mean, like he played again on Tuesday. Am I right? Or am I wrong? Carson Meyer. Oh, I might be wrong. No, I'm not. He played on Tuesday. Um, so he played on Tuesday, but then the rest of the guys who played on Tuesday. So looking at this game against the Blues, Cole Cylinder again. And this one, like, there was a little bit, like, as I'm looking at it, there's definitely a little bit more mixing and matching happening in this lineup than maybe there was that first game. But, yeah, Cole Cylinder, Sean Corrali, Liam Foodie, Josh Dunn, Hunter McCown, Alexander Texier, Justin Pearson, Eric Robinson, Emil Bemstrom, Trey Fixolanski, James Malatesta, Carson Meyer. And, you know, as I'm reading this list, the only thing that I can think of is the fact that, like, if I read this list at the end of last year, you could convince me that this was a starting lineup. <laughs> convince me that this was a team that got iced by the Blue Jackets. Um, Andrew Peake, Denton Matejchuk. Um, you know, I have to level with you. This is a guy who I didn't even know existed. Um, but um, Malosh is his last name? I don't even know his first name. I think that's right. Yeah, but I don't, his first name lost on me. Um, Samuel Nashko, uh, Corson Kuhlmans, um, and Nick Blankenberg round out your your blue line. But um, but yeah, Aaron Dell and Jet Greaves look like, um, you know, Jet doesn't get a ton of action. <laughs> he stopped three shots. But yeah, this was a weird game because the Blue Jackets, like, they lose, right? But they kind of like dominated this game it was a weird one like it feels like the kind of games that the blue jackets don't usually like end up being in where like they just absolutely dominate on ice they they almost tripled up the blues and shots on goals 32 to 13 uh in the second and third period alone the blues only had four shots on goal compared to the jackets 21 in the last 40 minutes of the game i mean the jackets like controlled it and if you look at game scores, you look at how people were performing. I mean, some of your some of your top performers and uh, Laura, Emil Bemstrom is going to make this fucking team, isn't he? Yeah, I told you we this. I know we haven't said on the show, but in a text message, I said to you that he is going to trick his way onto being on the opening night roster, and then it's going to be this cycle of suck all over again. I mean, and, I, hope, I hope that's not true. <laughs> I mean, perfect yeah, in a perfect world, I hope that that's not true either. But we've seen this like three years in a row now. Yeah, no, that's very fair. I, and I mean, like, it's a challenge. It's a different kind of challenge. I mean, this lineup was different than than that that we saw on Saturday or on Sunday in the win against Pittsburgh. But you get a couple of people that are in the lineup again, like Texier again, two assists in that game. I mean, he looked great uh you know and you know both on Mil Bumstrom's goals and then Denton Matejchuk had one as well so I mean like those are probably your top three performers in St. Louis and it creates a fascinating conversation like Denton Matejchuk looked good also on Sunday against you know the Penguins like I he's somebody who could get a look too like he's right in that conversation with Jordan Dumay of somebody who could potentially like make things interesting and so I you know, obviously good things out of that game. I mean, again, like Aaron Dell didn't look good again. Like seven, seven, the seven saves on 10 shots. Although I will say that the blues have something special in Malcolm Subban as their yeah, backup he, he was so good. Yeah, no, he was, he was really good. Um, And, and also like at that point, like I want to say, was it, oh goodness. I'm trying to remember who it was. Or if it was any of these folks, or even if it was this game. Oh, it wasn't even this game. Sorry, I'm thinking about Sunday. There was a play on Sunday where like a player in in the slot like went to go block a shot and just passed it right back to the Penguins player and they scored on Elvis and made Elvis look stupid. I like that was like I was thinking that, that happened in this game, but it did not. I'm wrong. So Naturally. Um, and we actually got through talking about that game on Sunday without getting into any of the Elvis discourse, which feels like a weird win for us. I don't know. Like that feels like growth. It's the preseason. I'm not worrying about anything with him. Uh, it seemed like you're a little bit worried on Twitter, but that's okay. <laughs> so, oh, um, you mean when I basically told someone to touch grass? Yeah. Correct. Um, correct. See, Laura is the first person to be like, I'm not worried about Elvis, but like in the back of her head, like she's super worried about Elvis because like this year, like she knows is like the last chance year. <laughs> so the defending is going to be even stronger on this one. 
I was very kind. I just told them that I, under, that I understood where they were coming from, but they were having too big of feelings for preseason, and they should probably cool it. So all very fair, all very fair. But yeah, so the Jackets they score on the power play in that game. Again, like you said, Malcolm Subban is a big reason why they find a way to, you know, stay in that game, or they like keep the lead in that game. They win the game. Uh, f- some fights, which is always a good time. Um, so, you know, you had Nick Ritchie and Josh Dunn go at it. And that was especially fun to watch because they very much um, threw Nick Ritchie out of the game for not having his fight strap tied down. So that was like <laughs> fascinating. Always a fascinating literally, literally in the six years that I've been watching hockey, I have never heard that um type of penalty with the fight strap mm-hmm. um it is a rare one so i bet he got a lot of interesting comments in the locker room being like hey fucking put on your uniform the right way correct so. and that's tough because i think that was a kid right who was it it was nick ritchie nick ritchie is kind of like he's a fringe guy to some extent like is he the one that's on the pto he has a brother who he was literally traded for last year, and I keep forgetting which one of them is on a PTO this year. That's so awkward. Yeah, could you imagine just, like, swapping jerseys with your brother, literally? No. Trading houses. Like, you just go live in mine, I'll live in yours. Like, that's crazy. Like, but also fucking convenient as hell. True. So, anyway, we, we're at a point now where, like, we've we've got a sample size, right? Like, we've started to see some of these guys play – Obviously, Adam Fantilli looks good. <laughs> There's no denying that. Um, we And nobody's surprised by it. Are there any other players that I think deserve a shout-out or, like, deserve some conversation to be had about them, about the way they've played? I mean, Carson Meyer, I, like, I still don't think he makes this team. That's the part that sucks about Carson Meyer. It's like he, he is probably deserving of a look. It's just that, like, with the way this team is built right now, I don't know that he would get it here. Like, I don't know that he's going to get it this season. Uh, at least not to start. Like, I think that he's going to get it potentially, but I don't think it's going to be here at the start of the season. He's had such an interesting story too. Like just like between like transferring from Miami because of the medical situation. And then like, you know, playing at Ohio state, getting drafted by the blue jackets, not getting signed by the blue jackets before he became a free agent, still ending up, you know, signing with the monsters, then getting a contract. Like it's been a journey, right? Like, so like I'm looking like at him as somebody who like, this is fun to watch. Like it's fun to watch him put up two goals the other night against Pittsburgh. Like, do you think that he's somebody who has a chance at making this team? Like, are you a little bit higher on it than I am? Like, are you looking at the roster the way I am? And you're like, man, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on him after, after a couple of games? I mean, like I said, I think he's really, he's really trying to prove himself that he deserves a spot. But I think I agree with you, too, that the position that we're in right now is, like, and that's the other thing when it comes down to these preseason games is, like, and why people, like, I think take them too seriously sometimes. And it's because, like, there are so many people. So you're not getting the same lineup every single preseason game. And so someone's going to have a good game, but you have to look at who everyone else is around them in this scenario and like are they having a good game because of the other people that are there on the ice with them or are they having a truly good game because like does Carson Meyer have that same kind of game if you know Johnny Patrick and Adam are all playing on that you know roster like so you have to kind of look at it that way I know that he wouldn't be on the same line as them but like scoring opportunities and like certain things are different depending on who is in the lineup that night. So, I mean, my heart goes out to him because of his story. And, you know, he's obviously like hometown kid and like all this sort of stuff. And I did put him on my like top 10 prospects, but I don't know. There's just too many people that we still need to weed through um, before I could really make like a determination. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think he's still still an AHL guy, but but yeah, and I mean, like to your point, like I mean, he uh, let's pull it up here. So looking at who all assisted on his goals on Sunday, so he had an assist from 
Martin Rice savvy. And then the shorthanded goal was from Adam Fantilli. So, I mean, of course, like that was a hell of a stretch pass by, by Adam to, to spring him there. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, like to your point, like when you're playing with these different guys and I think the best example of that, right. Like is actually Adam uh, is actually Alexander Texier, uh, you know, and even so much so that like uh, a, a pretty like <laughs> snarky comment was made by Bob McElligot about Tex um, and about like his like two different nights that he was having. Um, so, I mean, obviously like on, on Sunday and at home, like he's skating with, with, um, you know, Patrick Line and, and Adam Fantilli, then <laughs> in um you know in a twist of fate he switches over and was it cole and bemmer like was that who he was yeah, skating it was with? cole and, it was I mean, cole I mean, cole and bemmer and <laughs> what did bob mcgaggy say he said um yeah like you go one night from skating with yeah essentially to paraphrase he goes you go one night you're playing with some good guys who are good at hockey and then the next night you're playing with a bunch of garbage like i mean it might as well have been then he didn't say that but like that's like i don't know how else you read that and so but like to that point though like still picked up two assists uh against st louis and you know he's looked good like no matter where you put him and and so that's gonna be fascinating i the only thing that i'm afraid of is like i'm afraid of him being utilized in a way that somewhat reminds me of, and I, I've said this about a couple other players on this team. Like I think I've said it about Kirill Marchenko too. I'm worried about him being treated like the way that Oliver Bjorkstrand did. And I say that in the sense that like, it felt like if ever there was something that felt like it needed to be addressed, the player that felt the most expendable and not to like take out of the lineup, but the player that felt like the easiest to move around in the lineup was always Oliver Bjorkstrand because Oliver Bjorkstrand found a way to like look good and make others around him look somewhat decent, no matter what situation he was in. Now, granted that didn't necessarily mean that he was being set up for success individually. Uh, but again, it's a team sport. I don't think he took it personally, but it's one of those things where I worry that like, could we have players like Texier and Marchenko that like clearly have demonstrated the ability to perform and put up some, some stats but are they going to be put in situations where they're not doing that because they are responsible in other elements of their game? And if that's the case, then we have to judge them accordingly. Like we can't like be like, what do you mean? Kirill Marchenko didn't have 30 goals this season. Like if Kirill Marchenko is put in a situation where he's skating like third, fourth line minutes, and he's doing a lot of things that like are just to be utility player somewhere else. Like if he's not in the top six, like you can't guarantee that. So like, I'm just interested to see how that's going to shape out with text. Cause I think that he's going to be a utility guy in some ways, not in the way that, you know, a guy who can move up and down the lineup, like Sean Crowley, Boone Jenner, like those are players that can do that, but like aren't necessarily like harnessing that like prowess of of offensive ability the way in which like a player like Alexander Texier or Kro Marchenko are. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that shapes out with him. Yeah, I agree. Um and just like getting him back into the vibe of because everything's completely different from when he left. So And thank God for know. that, right? Like more than likely, thank God. Yes. But um, we don't have to, like, talk a ton about him. But I also think Nick, Nick Blankenberg had um, some good looks the other night against St. Louis. He was trying his damnedest to either get his own goal or get someone else to score when he was on the ice. So, um, you know, he's small but mighty. And, like, you know, we love Nick. Like, he's such a great <laughs> – got a great attitude like he's just he's such a good guy yeah yeah you just really root for him and again we're in this like hard place where we have too many defensemen and you know how fringe is he and like you know that could be a real deciding factor with you know the the swirling around of David Urichek and how long is Jake Bean gonna be out and you know is Adam Boquist knock on wood gonna get injured in the preseason like you know all this sort of stuff and how long is Ivan Provorov going right, to be that's, out? That's exactly what I was ready to say. Um, yeah. Especially when you bring Provorov into the equation there. Cause he and Chinnikov were added to sort of the preseason injured list over the last few days. And so, yeah, but like he, my God, like any, every shift he was out there, he was trying to either score himself or to get, and I know that sounds stupid to say because that's what they should be doing, but like, he just was really making an effort, you know, the entire game for every shift. So, you know, I'm rooting for him, but it'll be interesting. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, I I don't know if you got a chance to uh, read the article that Justin Boda did with him, the the Q and A that he did. It's really good. Uh, Blanks talks a little bit about like some mental health stuff and and trying to like find a way to like become your own best friend. And I was like, damn, like this is the kind of stuff that like you don't hear from hockey players all that often, right? So I think that like Blanks is always going to be a guy who is just a step above in some ways, a lot of the guys who he's skating with because like, and from a, from maturity, from a wisdom, from a, um, you know, openness to talk about a lot of these things. Like he is just like salt of the earth kind of guy. Like I hope that his journey throughout the NHL, like means sticking around in Columbus for a while and having opportunities here. Cause I really do like the kid. I, I root for him. Um, and so we're going to see where that goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he looks really good. And we'll hope he continues to look good. And and like you said, the injuries are going to make things interesting regardless. So who knows where it's going to go? But yeah, I mean, Laura, it's it's that time of year where like we're you're you're going to have some difficult decisions to make. It's going to start to get a little bit weird. Um, and you know, I think that we find levity in the moments that like feel good, right? I mean, like I think that like the Blankenberg story, the Carson Meyer stuff. Um, another thing that I think make made people feel good. Hopefully if you got a chance to watch it was the behind the battle where like you get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of like of draft day and like leading up to and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I found myself like getting goosebumps every now and again. I'm like, I texted you, I think. And I said, I knew who we were picking. <laughs> I knew we were picking Adam Fantilli. I, I watched that happen. Um, but still just something about it and like watching him navigate that process, like behind the scenes a little bit more, like was just really cool. And so Shout out to the Jackets for continuing to give us those inside glimpses into those things that are happening. I thought, like, what was your favorite part of that that whole thing? Oh, my God. This series is just so good. It's like, really it, good. It does not shock me at all that they keep winning awards for it because it's just so well done. Um, and I know that, you know, we are a little bit biased because we're Blue Jackets fans. But, like, truly, this is a very raw look into how things you know, occur for the Blue Jackets. And, you know, there's some really raw looks of, like, front office stuff and and everything. And I'm very interested to see how they're going to take what happens after we drafted Adam Fantilli this summer. But um, we shall see that in the next episode. But I told you, I mean, I basically cried from, like, the moment they read Adam Fantilli's name to, like, the end of that um episode because it was just so like and I said this to you too like the excitement that was shown from the draft party is the culmination of just all the sadness that we all that the fifth line felt at the end of the season all the sadness that we felt when we thought like we got you know we just got shafted in the draft, like, and, you know, things were just like anti-Columbus. And then to, and I don't know if you caught this or not, but did you catch the fact that Yarmo talked about talking to the GM of Anaheim and then yeah. talking about switching picks? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, who knows? Or we will never know because it's Yarmo, but um to just have that, have something fantastic come through for us with Adam Fantilli, like that just interrupted and to see it all over again, even though, and even though like I was there, like all this sort of stuff and to just see the pure joy that he felt for being part of the Blue Jackets, like, you know, you even see him like when he's taking his like professional headshots and the, um, they're complimenting him on his smile and he's like, are people not smiling? Like, I'm so excited. I don't think I could stop smiling. Like, I'm going to keep it going. Like he just, you know, exuded joy and excitement for being a part of this team that we love so much. And like his family just seems so amazing and like supportive and positive and, you know, they're very happy to have him in Columbus. And, you know, it was just a culmination of all these things. Like, you know, it just was really emotional. But I think my favorite part was, oh, when the people, when everyone at the front office was at the table on the second day, 
And I forget who it was said to Yarmo, um, because someone asked where Adam was. And they're like, oh, he's sitting over there because he wants to be able to give um, his name just slipped my mind. Gavin Brindley. Gavin Brindley, like a big hug when we, we call his name. And I just thought that that was like the purest thing in the entire world. Well, and I don't, but, I don't, well, and I actually don't know. He just said when he gets drafted. So I don't even know. Yeah. Point, I don't like, think, yeah. I, I don't think they told him, but like, you know what I mean? Like he was just there to support, you know, like his hockey best friend. Um, and I just thought that that was just like so pure. And then to have, of course, Gavin be drafted to the Blue Jackets, like, you know, it was just so cute. Yeah, no, it was, it was quality content for sure. They do such a good job with that. Like you said, I mean, it's just, it wins awards and for, for good reason, because it's really good stuff. And uh, speaking of some other really good stuff. So out of left field and well, maybe not out of left field. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, you know, obviously there was some talk about whether or not the Blue Jackets were going to make a decision to, um to add to their coaching staff because, you know, obviously with some of the changes that happened with the the loss of Mike Rabcock from the coaching staff, um, you know, there was a spot. And they, they found that spot in none other um, than Mark Recchi? Recchi? I was going to ask you how it was pronounced. We're going to go with – I haven't heard anybody say it. I'm going to look it up while we're talking so that way I don't make myself sound like an ass. But anyway, this is a guy who um, who very much is quality, quality <laughs> NHL experience through the roof, right? Like, it's insane. So he has served as an assistant coach with numerous organizations, um, uh, with the Penguins and the Devils specifically, but also played um, a ton of games. <laughs> in and the, won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, thrice three-time Stanley Cup champion. Um, and he currently ranks, this is from bluejackets.com, uh, currently ranks eighth on the NHL's all-time games played list, 13th in points and 15th in assists. This guy is is a Hall of Famer. Like, that's that's crazy. <laughs> um, so he was a de- development coach with the Penguins, and then he um, you know, won those two Stanley Cups there uh, in 15, 16, 16, 17, and then he moved, like I said, over to New Jersey, and was there for uh, a few seasons. And so he's also the part owner of a Western hockey league team, the Kamloops Blazers, which is uh, um, a good time. And he played there when he was uh, in engineers as well. So cool stuff, right? I mean, like this is a guy who has the experience of winning Stanley cups and he has the experience of coaching in the NHL at the assistant coach level. Cool name for the jackets to pick up here. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, we talk about like when we were talking about um, the draft and like even in free agency, like talking to people about what the bigger picture is for the Blue Jackets and having them have to buy into that um, that bigger picture, because obviously things aren't going to change overnight. And obviously, even in the process of changing things, there's been some bumps in the road, um, some larger than others. But, you know, he they flew him in to kind of spend the day with the front office and particularly with Pascal Vincent. Uh, they didn't know each other previously. And, um, you know, from what he said, like they had a great day together. Like he really felt um, comfortable and confident in what um, Coach Vincent is like planning to do and where he plans to take the team. And um, also in the discussions with like Yarmo and JD, like he felt really good about sort of making this really quick change because um, it all happened like over the course of I think like 48 hours it was really quick that they made the decision and that he agreed to to be hired on so it's exciting to have someone a former player of his caliber um, and his experience like to want to be a part of the Blue Jackets and you know he seems like a really fun guy Um and you've seen the like the pictures have been out over the last couple of days of his first few practices with the team um, and just like him getting to know everybody and, you know, blah, 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 blah. blame it on the cold medicine, him like beginning to show players um, what he can bring and particularly like 
he's already said, because I think a, some reporter like mentioned to him that our power play is garbage. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, that's not going to be a thing anymore. That, <laughs> that we don't have a good power play. So um, I like that attitude. And yeah, I'm just excited. It's exciting to be wanted. Yeah. And I mean, like, also, there's no way, right? Like, you can't imagine a situation in which uh, they can. They, they can be worse on the power play with the additions and the people who are getting healthier and all that kind of stuff. And I think he's a good example of somebody who can come in and, and make a difference. Um, you know, what's crazy. And I like, I don't know what to make of this, but when we posted back in uh, a few weeks ago that um, we needed questions for the episode that we did, like immediately after Mike Babcock resigned, somebody named, okay. Somebody on Twitter at Chip underscore Mulligan, whose name is Chip underscore Mulligans on Twitter, has zero followers. He has five people who are he's following, but he has zero followers. We are not one of the people he's and, following, yeah, by the way. Like, and doesn't follow us. No. But he replied to our tweet and says, rumor has it that Vincent may be pulling a certain assistant coach from New Jersey. Thoughts? Hmm. I forgot about that. I didn't even think of it as anything then and i don't know if it was anything then when they said it but that was interesting so i'm going to pay attention to that person a little bit more <laughs> because we, was there an insider like replying to our a, shit? like a, a weird like um not a bot account but like kind of like a finsta like it's some Maybe, person yeah, it's, it was well, somebody's burner account yeah it's their like yes burner account that's what, the word i was looking for it's just yarmo <laughs> And he chose, our, he, he chose our tweet to yeah, no, leak for sure. this information. Chip, Chip Mulligans was his stripper name in Vinland before he came over. Start scouting. Start playing. Mm, all that kind of stuff. The secret life of Jarmo Kekalainen. Welcome in, everybody. No, I'm kidding. That's really probably in poor taste. Anyway, um, speaking of uh, Finland and those kind of things, though, I have recently started, like, I've been manifesting a lot of things where I, like, am just, like, looking up things on TikTok so that way they integrate themselves into my For You page. Did look up Finland, have looked up a lot of European countries so that way I can, like, scroll through and, like, fantasize about escaping and being in in another country. Disassociating is fun. Escapism at its finest. When it's done in a healthy manner. Well, never that. <laughs> and that's never as fun as you think it's going to be. Let's tell that's the truth. True. But, Flora, is there anything else on your radar? Anything else as we go into, into more preseason hockey? Obviously, like we said, Sunday will be um, – or Saturday, excuse me. Jesus, God forbid I say Saturday's game is Saturday and Sunday's game is Sunday. Let me say it reverse for both of them. Saturday's game in Buffalo – uh, obviously, we don't know exactly who's traveling for that one yet. We don't know much about the lineup there, but obviously, you can check it out. I think it's at three, right? That sounds right. Yeah, um, sounds right. yeah. and that's again, like I said, in Buffalo, but you can check it out on bluejackets.com. So that way you can uh, catch those guys in action. But is there anything else on your radar as we begin to wrap this one up? Uh, not really. Um, former Blue Jacket, uh, Jakob Voracek has decided to. Oh, take yeah. up coaching in his homeland. Yeah, current current Arizona Coyotes forward. <laughs> <laughs> For like the next year, and then he'll retire. Officially. No, of, of course. Yeah, but it's just so um, funny to me. It's just like so interesting how that works. I'm surprised he didn't like take them up on like a free trip to Australia because he definitely could have gone. Something tells me he might not have been invited. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're, like, true. they're like, well, and also he's probably in like in switzerland or no switzerland czechia he's czech yeah i know but i couldn't remember what team he was gonna be coded like is it a czech team it's claude no yeah i think it is yeah yeah um but no so congratulations to him um i think that that is great i think he'll add some real uh color comment color commentary to his coaching style uh, if it's anything like he is on twitter um those players are in for a fun time but Correct. Yeah, no, it's going to be a journey without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I have anything else either. I, I'm just excited for things. So, like, we, we still have, like, 60 fucking players. <laughs> that needs to get down to 23 at some point. It's fucking insane. It is crazy. 
<laughs> this is not whittling its way down, but we still have some time, obviously, like as this episode releases on Thursday, it'll be officially two weeks before the season starts, which is crazy, but it's still plenty of time to get a lot of this stuff figured out and even potentially see some shakeups in, in the roster or in, in the you know organization. Um, so we'll see. Uh, obviously, nothing, nothing in the water at this point, but who knows? It could, it could obviously happen. Um, but hopefully you got a chance also, like Laura's going to plug our socials and those kind of things. And so obviously like listen to her when she does that, but hopefully you got a chance to check out our get to know segment with some of the CBJ prospects that were in Traverse city. That's something that I think Laura and I are wanting to do a little bit more of on the channel and like do more of just on the show too. You know, I think that we've always like, I think probably my favorite compliment that we ever get about our show is that we're good storytellers and we like find the stories to tell. Uh, and, and that's always like, that's that's my favorite compliment that we get. I, I think that like we have a lot of fun doing it, but I also think that it's important. And so I think that we are kind of making a little bit of a not shift. I mean, like again, it's like something we've always done, but I think we're gonna like formalize it a little bit more. Do some more of these like get to know episodes or get to know segments within the episodes about some of your favorite players, but also like some of the folks who are just like kind of like behind the scenes making the work happen, whether that's for the Blue Jackets or within the Columbus hockey scene. And so I am really excited to like really start leaning into that a little bit more. Go check it out. If, if the video production on it is awful, let me know because I will continue to try to get better and better at doing all that kind of stuff. It's but I think it's pretty good. not awful. Yeah, it's no, I'm, I'm actually great. pretty proud of it. I'm actually kind of impressed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, don't Do not give somebody with ADHD access to iMovie or else they'll think that they can produce an entire whatever have you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought it went really well. I thought the players were really great that we talked to. If you haven't seen on social or if you haven't checked out the post, those players are Jordan Dumay, Adam Fantilli, David Yurichek, and Tyler Peddle. So, um, you know, obviously, and I don't actually know if we talked about it on the show that Tyler Peddle and Luca Pinelli were sent back down to their junior team. I don't know if we actually said that on the show. I can't remember timing wise. I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we did. And also that Nolan Lond was set back to the otters yeah. and, and then somebody was released from his contract but um Roger. yeah who anyway um yeah so like all pretty expected things but like those were the cuts that have happened to this point um so yeah so it won then also like the pto guys like pretty much all the pto guys outside of the guys who like are either still here or like got released like rogers did there's still a couple I just love how you phrase that where you're like basically all the PTO guys except for the ones that are still here. But it's not a lot. It's quite literally at this point it's just Wait, Aaron Dell and it's um Stefan Mateau. Stefan Mateau. But like it was just funny when and you were technically like, Tim Bernie. Yes. But it was just funny that you said basically everyone have except you been here for the ones that are still here. This is your 195th time <laughs> sitting on a show recording a podcast with me. You expect fucking logic here? 196, because we do have the one mystery the episode. But listen, you you get it. Um, so, well, kind of, because we also cheated a little bit. I think there's at least one or two re-releases that we didn't even have to, like, record anything for. So, like, 195-ish <laughs> times. But that means we're coming up on 200, though. So let us know what you want us to do or, or you know, what you want to see for that. Um, we're excited about it. I honestly have no idea what we're going to do. <laughs> We've but we are time. planning something. I don't care. I yeah, know. We'll have fun. It'll be good. It'll be good. We just need to do it. Um, so 200 is coming up. Um, and you can keep us posted on all the things that you want to see us do for 200. But following us on social media, all that kind of stuff. And Laura is going to be able to tell you exactly where you can do that. Yes. Um, again, uh, Jeremy's been doing more writing than I have because... Uh, depression is a cruel creative creativity killer, but I'm going to get there. It's fine. Um, but you can follow all his writing on Twitter at ITR Jeremy. Um, and eventually I will also return to writing and you can follow me at ITR Laura. And of course you can follow us the show on social media. At, we're at Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. We are at Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube as objectively speaking, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we do have a beautiful website that you can check out that has all of the links to all of the things. And that is subjectivelyspeaking.com. Um, if you would like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, we do have a merch store. It's subjectivelymerch.com. Um, 
hopefully we add some things. I maybe have some ideas, but I'm not that creative. So I need to talk to our graphic designer, but hopefully we're going to add some new things, but there's some pretty cool stuff there already. So again, subjectivelymerch.com. And then something I saw today, which this is a new shout out that I didn't tell Jeremy about, is that our network has a merch store and they just released these two super cute Halloween related hockey t-shirts. Um, and one is a pumpkin and the other one is a witch. Um, so if you want to get those, they are at insidetherink.com. But shout out to the network because those are really cute. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, um, especially Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithm works. We just know that your likes and subscriptions and stars and whatnot all help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and help to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. But other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, enjoy some Blue Jackets hockey. You don't have to worry about what you're going to fill the void with. There's some stuff there. You can do it. And we will see you all the next time we chat. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will chat then. Bye.